Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Monday night, I was glad Tommy announced I was coming. That means I preached to a smaller crowd that way. Um, I get nervous in big crowds. Um, if you would, just turn your Bible. We'll get straight into it. First uh, John chapter 3. Um, God laid this message on my heart probably two months ago, I guess, and never knew where it was going or what I was doing with it, and I kept questioning where I'm going and why ain't I preaching it yet, and uh, Brother Tommy messaged me last week, and, and God just brought this back to my remembrance. And I tried every way to get away from it, but every time I'd, I'd look today, and um, even on New Providence's Facebook page, your daily bread said, uh, repentless sin. Um, and I've tried my best to stay out of this, because this is hard for me to preach. I, I feel so unworthy to preach something like this, but uh, we're going to read verse 1, and we'll go through verse 10. It says, Behold... What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth right is uh, he that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as, as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth, righteous, doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother." Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we again we just come to you as humble as we know how, Lord. We ask God that you'd open our hearts up, that Lord, you'd use me as a mouthpiece. Nothing more, Lord. I don't want to do anything out of your way. I want you to just use me, God. If you'd just allow me to just speak what you'd have me to say, Lord. Just open our hearts in this church this evening. God, that we just obey you and listen to you and, and respond to what is given. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And it's all in honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. What I what I thought about here, uh, I'll tell you, I, I battled with this. I studied this out about two months ago, and I battled with the thought of he that committeth sin is not of God. And I thought, man, I've been there. I, uh, what's going on here? But then I started reading into it, and that word commit means something that I never really looked into, and it means practice. He that practiced sin is not of God. And, and, I, and I think we've got, and this, this could go out to any church in the country today probably, but I think we've gotten into a place where 
We sit in our pews Sunday after Sunday and we're, woe is me, everything's stacked against me. Uh, your preacher preached last week about rebellion and stubbornness to God. And I, I think we're living in that time of the Christian people are day after day are rebellious and stubborn to God. And that is sin in its best. That is sin to the core. And if we look at that, the Bible says what? He says, if you belong to me, you cannot stay there. It is a practice that we cannot do. And we have done that. We're doing that. And that makes me wonder, sometimes are we really born again? Are we just sitting in a church service Sunday after Sunday, raising our hand in agreement, but we never have really figured out what God's done in our life? He says you cannot practice in this and be one of mine. If you practice that sin, if you commit to that sin, I thought about I seen the other day Mackenzie had committed to a high school to a college. And what that means, that means what? That means I dedicate myself to this. And, And when we read that scripture, when I first read it, I thought, man. I've caught myself in situations that I don't belong in. I've caught myself in places that I struggle and I go, wait a minute. God, now you're, you told me this was forever. You told me that I can't get away from this. You, you saved me and said, I promise you eternal life. What are we saying here? And, and he said, keep reading. Keep digging. And when I started digging, I realized he's saying, we can't sit in filth anymore. We can't practice Sin. We can't practice everything that goes against the Word of God. And when I when I started looking at that, I've heard a lot. I, I, I get a I have a little bird's eye view of what still happens here because me and Brother Dustin talk a lot, and he's telling me what's going on at church, and and man, it's encouraging. But he said every time we talk, he says, "Man, the altar was full of young people. The altar was full of young people. Every time, the young people, the young people." <laughs> Where are we at? Why are we not the ones that when I get a phone call, he said, man, the church was on fire. Man, the church was on the altar. Man, we were seeking God. But he's saying, the young people. Man, look at what the young people are doing. So the young people get a pass tonight. I'm talking to the elders. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to us. That that they should be able to look at. But instead, they're looking at us stubborn, rebellious Woe is me set in my pew Sunday after Sunday when if you look over at uh, John chapter 2, it says, My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He is the propitiation for our sin. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. If I believe that if I believe that He is my Savior, He is my propitiation for my sin, why do I sit in the pew? Why do I sit Sunday after Sunday, stubborn, rebellious, saying, I don't want it, I don't need it, I ain't doing it, and my kids are sitting there going, is that what I'm supposed to be like? Is that what I'm looking for? Is that the relationship with Christ that I need? I'm a light. The Bible says all throughout, I am a reflection of His light. I am the light of... I go out and shine my light of God. And in church, what do I do for my children? I sit in a pew and don't... Amen. I sit in a pew and don't move. Altar call after altar call. And I say, I don't need it. I don't want it. And my kids are sitting there going, I need it. I want it. And then they go, why does mom and dad not? Why does Mama and Papa not want it? Why am I sitting and and have a desire to serve God? Is that what it's going to be like when I get older? Is that what it's going to be like? It 
tickled. Brian brought his son the other night to man's prayer room. That's what we gotta do. That ain't a need. That's what we have to do. If you've got kids, don't tell them to chase the world. Don't tell them to chase after, oh, I want you to live your teenage life. I want you to have fun. I want you to have friends. Say, I want you chasing after God. That's what we have to do. But when they look at us, they don't see that. That's why we don't say what? We don't say chase after him. Instead, we say, go to your friends. Go have fun. Go do this. Go do that. We ought to be encouraging every woman, every Friday night, every teenage girl to get involved in that women's prayer room. Every teenage boy, get involved in that man's prayer room. Don't matter what your friends are doing on Monday night. Chase God. But we can't say that because we don't do it. We sit Sunday after Sunday And they're looking at us. These kids are looking at us every time we walk in the doors. And we're sitting going, just another service. Just another service. I was here. I was here, kids. Did you see us go to church? And those kids are begging for something. There's a generation that is begging to rise up for God and they have nobody to look to anymore. If you read throughout the Bible, when uh, I think it was Joseph, when he let them out, he, they said once they died, they had nobody else to look to. They didn't have anything. They heard the stories. They heard of the past. I'm a kid who heard of the past. I I remember mighty men of God preaching revivals, walking the back of folding chairs. I know a 300-something pound man that walked the back of folding chairs in a revival. I was seven years old. I remember that. Our kids aren't seeing that anymore because we come to church Sunday after Sunday. The altar's dry because we're dry. The altar stays dry because we're sitting there refusing to surrender ourselves to the one that says, if you ask me, I'll do it. Amen. We we have gotten to a place, I told and, I, and I'm guilty of this. This is I mean, this is from here back. I, I don't want you to think, oh, he's preaching down on me. I'm guilty of this. Monday night I sat in a prayer meeting. I said, there was a man in our church who means a lot to me. And they said he found a spot on his kidney and on his liver. And they said, we don't know what it is. We've got to go to the doctor. And God said right then, He said, either you go to Him. If He don't come up here, you go to Him. And I went to get up and He passed me. And I laid over top of Him on the altar. And that's probably the first time in probably six months that I've prayed without a doubt that God was doing something. I am as guilty as anybody. Do you understand? But we sit in a place where God has promised us everything. And it's like Tommy just said, the book says it. The book tells it over and over again. But we have gotten to a place where we sit and our kids can't see it. They can't see it. This this youth retreat, I expect something amazing to happen. Fully intending on going there and seeing something amazing to happen. Why? Because that generation is longing for something better than what they have here. We have gotten complacent. We've gotten lazy on God. We've gotten stubborn, selfish, 
every other thing you can think of and we sit in church Sunday after Sunday and say, why don't my kids come on Wednesday night? Why ain't more people here on Wednesday night? I tell you, I watched the communion and foot washing online at work the other day and baby, I cried like a baby watching it. It was a spiritual there. I said, if I was there, I don't know that I'd been able to handle it. But here's my question. Where is everybody? That's right. Everybody wants the good part of God, but we don't want to do the work that it takes to get that. We show up on the good part, and trust me, I love a good foot washing. I, 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 that's my favorite time of year. I want to be here. But I gotta be there the rest of the time. Yeah. I gotta put in the rest of the work. Because if not, it's, you see it all the time. If we make it where it's not a priority, it won't mean anything yeah, to our right. kids. Right. Like Tommy said, when, when Arnold was up here, and, and I agree, he, he explained it like I had never heard it explained before. And he said, I look back and my grandkids are standing there watching. Yeah. Not looking around, not playing. They're focused. Yep. Why is that? Because we've done something that matters. Yeah. And if they yeah, see man. that, if they see mom and dad and grandma and grandpa weeping on an altar saying, God, I need your spirit back to life in me. I need some movement in my life. I need you to do something. You know what they'll do? They'll go to the rock. They'll figure it out. They'll say, wait a minute. What mama and daddy's doing works. And it's work time and time and time again. I'm going to try that. These young Christians, they don't know what to do. I've been there. I still don't know what to do. And I'm going on year nine and I ain't figured anything out. But you look at that and you see these kids that are longing for that relationship. It's time for us to get out of the pew. It's time for us to get out of ourselves and get out of our own way and say, God, I've got to be an example to them. I have to be a light to these. If not for me, God, for my children, for my grandkids. If not us, who's going to do it? Right. Who's going to do it? Right. And we've said, and we've said, and we've said, and he says, you can't practice that nonsense. The, the idea of the church was to worship God. Amen. It wasn't to fill a pew. Amen. It wasn't to show up when, and fulfill your obligation. It was to worship God. Yeah. Yeah. It was everywhere in the Bible. When you look in the Old Testament, the first thing they do is what? Build an altar. Yeah. Why? Because they said they're going to know who we're praying to. They're going to know where our help comes yeah. from. And what do we do? We put an altar down with a piece of fabric on it, and it's now a decoration in the church to the elders. But then what do you hear? Man, the young people are laying on that altar crying. Man, the young people are dying for something to happen, dying for revival, reaching out, wanting things to happen. Where are we? Where are we? We, I know, we've been praying about a revival here since yep. the one, since before the one broke at Harmony. Yep. Why hasn't it happened? Why hasn't it happened? I assure you, it's not the young people. They're crying out to God. It's us. It's us coming up here and saying some little prayer and going, I hope everybody heard me. I hope that's good enough. I'm going to sit down. Why are we not broken? Why are we not screaming out to God that we need something to happen? And this is every church. This is everywhere. You look at our men's prayer room. Where is everybody? Women's prayer group. I'm sure you're the same way. Where is everybody? Why is it that that's out of our comfort zone? Because that's not an obligation. That's not my church role obligation. They said that it's voluntary. You don't have to come if you can't. So I just won't ever come. 
You're teaching your kids the same yeah, thing. That's right. And God says, you cannot practice that and be one of mine. That's a sin. I don't care how you want to look at it. You're sinning against God when you ain't shining your light. When you're not, well, God says to shine my light. Let people know our job as a Christian is what? Tell everybody. Tell everybody who I am. Tell them what I can do for you. And we can't even tell our kids the truth because they look at us. We don't like judgment. We don't like people to talk down to us. And if we try to get our kids to do something for God, they look at us and go, why don't you? Why don't you do it? And we're sitting in a place to where we've gotten complacent with that. We're okay with that. The best answer for us is, well, I just won't talk to my kids about it. Where are we going? Where are we going as a church? We're practicing in sin. We're practicing in ungodliness. We're practicing in anything not holy. If you've got something going on at church and you're encouraging your children to go have fun, we're doing it wrong. The Bible will tell you, we're doing it wrong. You ought to be saying, there's something going on at church. Get in the car. My kids don't have a choice. They're still little. I said, get in the car. Well, I don't want to go. Get in the car. Guess where they go? Wherever I go. And why, why do I do that? It ain't because, hey... I'll just tell my wife to stay home and and she could keep the kids. I tell them to come because I want them to get what I got. I want them to get it before they turn 30 years old. It took me about one month shy of being 30 to get it. My dad's been a preacher for 30 years. He's drugged me to every church across the country and it still took me until 30 years old to get it. I don't want my kids to have to wait till they're 30 years old. So when we have vacation Bible school, they go. When you have vacation Bible school, they go. When we have church events, they go. And you know what? My little girl, we went to the revival that Dustin and Roger preached in. And my little girl was sitting there and she got got to sing. And and anybody knows my little girl, she loves the spotlight. And she's going to sing as loud as she can. And she gets done singing and she sits down she says, Daddy... I've made my decision. I said, what's that? She said, I'm going to live to serve Jesus. And I said, honey, you think you will now. But there's coming a day that if I keep you in there, you're going to really learn what it's like to serve Jesus. And I am a poor excuse of that. But if I can push her and push her and say, keep loving it. I tell her every time, you got a song, get up and sing it. Every time I go somewhere, if they go with me, I go, you want to sing something tonight? You want to sing something this morning? I, I, we're a two-person show. When I come to preach, my little girl's going to sing for you. That's just what I do. Because if I don't, I'm going to hinder her from doing it. And if I hinder, what, if, what does the Bible say? Do not hinder your brother or sister. Do not suffer the little children to come unto me. If I can keep her doing that, I know it will happen. It's not a question of, Will it happen? When it's going to happen? It's, I know it's coming. But we've gotten into a place as a church body of Christ that we can't talk to our kids because we ain't living it anymore. We Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, good luck on Wednesday. I mean, we, we know this. We've talked about it. Our church crowds are half what they are on Sunday morning compared to Wednesday night. Why is that? 
Because people are complacent in doing what they want to do. They take, oh, I need time for myself. Ain't nowhere in the Bible it says time for yourself. It says that you are a servant unto God's plan. If you look at all the men of God throughout the Bible, it says they done, they preached, they went, they died. It does not say, I gave them time for themselves to go and relax and build their self-confidence back up. He says, they strive after a relationship with me. The church today is no longer striving on a relationship with Christ. We are striving to come in, fill our obligation, and see what's for dinner. And our children are seeing that. That's why there is a fire in children going, there has to be more than this. That's right. When you see these young kids, these young teenagers coming up and praying on the altar saying, I, I mean, I'll just tell you, Raven, you was a blessing to me all the way through the struggle of your daddy. Yeah. You was committed. Yeah. And they, and they, I ain't seen an adult do that in I don't know how long. Right. She said, I know that if I pray, my daddy will come back. Yeah. I know he will come back if I pray. And we can't look at our own kids and go, if we just, if we just pray about it. If we just pray about it, because they'll say, when's the last time you was on the altar? Altar call after altar call. Messages that should break every one of our hearts. I'm talking about from here to the back. And we sit. And he says, please come. Please come. Give him a chance. He says, if you do sin, if you grow cold against me, if you grow tired against me, if you struggle, if you've got a battle, if you just ask me, that will I do. And the preacher stands up here and says, please come. Please come. Give him a chance. Please come. And Sunday after Sunday, service after service, the altar's empty and the pews are full. We are practicing sin. We have made the church no better than it was when they were selling and dealing and everything else. And Jesus himself walked in the temple and started flipping tables over. If we as a church body today, if Christ walked in the door, He'd say, what are you even doing here? Why are you here and you have grown cold to me? You don't want to move. You don't want to hear me as a body of Christ. Now I believe, uh, don't you get me wrong, I believe there's some godly people still in this church, still in my church saying, we need more. We need more. But you know what it's going to take? It's going to take the cold ones to get back on fire again. It's going to take the ones that are indifferent to settle that with God and say, you have looked out for me. You've taken care of me. I've faced my battles. And I've questioned God. And I've doubted Him. And i said, what are you doing to me? And then at the end of it, He said, look at you doubting me. And I'll prove myself every time. Every time I'll prove myself. But instead, we won't give Him the chance to prove Himself. And when we do that, we are committing and practicing sin against God. We're looking at Him and we're saying, I'm more important than you are. What I want is more important than what you want. And I ain't moving. And when we do that, we're looking at God and we're saying, you don't matter. I'll come to your house. I'll fulfill my obligation. But you don't matter. Greg said in his prayer, he said, woe is me. We've gotten to a place where everything's about us. Everything's woe is me. If I like it, I'll do it. If I don't, I won't do it. And ain't nowhere in the Bible that he says, I'll let you do whatever you want. He says, strive for a relationship with me. Strive for perfection. Strive for walking in my footsteps. Let me be the one to lead you. But we have set him to the side. We've set him over in the corner. And then when communion comes around, 
we jump up and go, it's our time to shine, God. Get out of that corner. This is me and you. This is our relationship right here. When something good happens in our life, we boast on God. When we need God in a desperate way, then we ask Him to get out of the corner. Be at my beck and call, Lord. That ain't how He works. He's not a puppet on a string. He's not somebody that we can sit down and use whenever we want. He says, you have to walk with me. You have to talk with me. That is the relationship that I desire out of my people. From the beginning of time, He has desired the relationship of walking with Him, talking with Him, praying, reading, taking His Word. He says, taste of me. See that I am good. He says, if you pray, I will answer. And we sit. Sunday after Sunday. Service after service. And I'm afraid, if it ain't for our children, we are living in a generation that has went cold and indifferent, choosing not to worship God, choosing not to serve God. And I pray that our kids are that generation that says, this ain't good enough. This is not what He intended. There's better. There's... I can't wait. I just envision at a youth retreat kids shouting, praising God, crying, hands in the air, weeping. And they can come home and look at mom and dad and go, let me tell you what he done. Let me tell you what he done to me when I got self out of the way. When I surrendered myself, let me tell you what he done. And then the the kids will be teaching the parents, teaching the grandparents all over again, what we already know. We already know. We're just choosing not. We just, we're to a place to where we don't believe it because we don't want to believe it. But I know that God does that. I know that He's capable. I, I tell you guys all the time, I should be paralyzed. I should be in a wheelchair. I should possibly never walk again. And because somebody else prayed for me when I couldn't, See, that's the kicker. They prayed for me when I couldn't. And he said, all right, watch me work. Watch me do something. The whole time I'm laying in a bed saying, woe is me. Why are you doing this to me? What are you doing? He says, yeah, but daddy's over there praying. Mama's over there praying. They've called the church and the church is praying. And God said, my people are praying on your behalf. And I'm going to do something. And he's proven to me time and time again that if I get out of myself, get out of my comfort of just showing up and filling my seat, and I say, God, I need you to do something every time he'll do it. I'll turn it over to Tommy.